Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, you grab them open. Every week at Oceans Church, we open the Bible. We're going to go to Acts chapter 9. What chapter? Chapter 9 today. This is a fun church, and so if you get bored today, I want you to know you're boring. You fall asleep today, you probably have narcolepsy. I'm not a boring preacher, so if you get bored today, you're boring, not me. Everyone said amen. We're going to open up the Bible. I'm going to read uh, 19 verses, a little bit more. Some would say that's dangerous to do when it's 90 degrees in a tent, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Is that okay? I'm going to read 19 verses, and um, I am going to believe that today, uh, if there was ever a window in time that, that we need to be rock solid in our faith, it's now. And I've been asking God, what would you tell the church if you were pastoring oceans, if you were speaking on Sunday? And a couple weeks ago, he said, Mark, if you want to stabilize believers in Orange County, teach them how to be true disciples. I believe that if you can be a true disciple, you can survive in Babylon, you can survive in America, you can make it anywhere in the world if you know how to follow Jesus. If you're, not, if you're atheist today or you don't believe in Jesus, I'm still coming for you today. i got a message to encourage you with. But I really want to focus today on talking about uh, two guys. One was someone far from God that was actually an enemy of God, that, that God transformed his whole world. God told me this morning, even as I was praying last night, he said, Mark, there's people that are far from me that would even consider themselves enemies of God, enemies of Christianity, enemies of the church. They would even say that I am friends of darkness and I'm an enemy of the light. He said, those people, my love is coming after this weekend. And he said, there's people not only like that, but there's ordinary people that you don't think that you're cool enough, popular enough, good looking enough, wealthy enough to make a difference in the world. And I would say to you that God told me, he told me something completely opposite. He said, he's going to raise up the ordinary to do big things for him. He's going to put his super on your natural and do something supernatural. Do you believe that today? Acts chapter 9, if you're there, say I'm there. We're reading about two people. Saul is a terrorist in Acts chapter 9. He's wreaking havoc on Christians. He's persecuting the church. He's uh, going after believers. He's actually already consented to the death of a guy named Stephen, the first martyr in the early church. And um, this, guy's, this guy's an enemy of Christianity. He's an enemy of, of the kingdom of God. And there's a guy that we're going to read about later in this chapter named Ananias. Say his name, Ananias. I'd like to clarify. You're like, how is he still alive? I thought he died in Acts chapter 5. That's a different Ananias. Is that all right? Have you ever met more than one Matthew? Yeah, there's, there's more than one Ananias in the Bible. <laughs> I want to clarify because sometimes we read the Bible, we're like, Joseph. They're like, wait, is that the father of Jesus or is that the, is that the guy that was in a pit in the palace? There's more than one Joseph in the Bible. So... Ananias is uh, who else we're talking about today. Acts chapter 9. If you're there, say I'm ready. It says, then Saul, let's read 19 verses together. Everything I teach on is connected to these verses. Then Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples. Against who? The disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest with letters from the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them arrested to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near to Damascus. Suddenly, say with me, suddenly. A light shined around him from heaven. He, heard, he fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, red, red writing here. It's the voice of Jesus. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Persecuting who? Yeah. 
Really quick point here. Whenever you throw rocks at Christians, you're not persecuting Christians. You're persecuting Jesus. Why are you persecuting me? He goes, who are you, Lord? He says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. So he trembling and astonished. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? How many know if you have a real encounter with God, it's not just warm and fuzzy? A true encounter with God will make you want to do something new. What do you want me to do, Lord? He says, I want you to arise. I want you to go to the street, into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men journeying with him stood speechless. They heard a voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up off the ground, and when he, his eyes were finally opened, he saw no one. They led him by the hand. They brought him into Damascus. He was there for three days. How many days? Three, three days without sight. He didn't eat anything. He didn't drink anything. There was a certain disciple. Certain what? If the Bible calls you a disciple, you are probably a disciple. Certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. To him, the Lord said in a vision. In a what? Ananias, here I am, Lord. God said to him, I want you to arise and go to the street called Straight. I want you to look for a guy named, uh, in Judas's house, uh, for a guy named Saul of Tarsus. He's praying right now. In a vision. In a what? In a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias. Specifically, a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Ananias is like, uh, Lord, I've heard how bad this guy is. I've heard from many how much harm he has done to saints in Jerusalem. Here he actually has the authority from the chief priest to bind everyone who calls on your name. God said, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. He's going to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ananias went his way, entered the house, laying hands on him. He said, brother Saul, what did he say? Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road came. He sent me that you may receive your sight. Your sight, your sight, your what? And be filled with the Holy Sight and the Spirit is what I came here for. Immediately something fell like scales from his eyes. He received his sight at once. He got up. He was baptized. He got up. He ate some Chick-fil-A. Come on, hashtag Christian chicken. John 3, 16, in and out. He was strengthened. Spent some time with the disciples there at Damascus, and that's where we close. I want to talk to you today about difference makers. Any difference makers in Orange County? I want to pray this morning. I believe that you don't have to be a big person to do something big. I don't believe that you have to have a loud voice to make a loud noise. And I actually believe that you don't have to be popular to make a difference in the world. God is going to use some people that are willing to actually yield their lives to him to make a difference. Father, I pray whether we're far from you or whether we're close, would you meet us here? Bless today. Raise up the righteous. God, make a difference out of the church in your kingdom. We love you so much. We pray for the Lakers. We pray for the Clippers, the Dodgers, the Rams, the Angels, and the Chargers. In Jesus' name, God's people said. Padres, I guess, too, while you're at it. Amen. You're broadening your prayers, Mark. I want to bring more unity. I'm not really outdoorsy. Is there any outdoorsy people at the church today? Any outdoorsy? I know we live in Orange County. This is like the outdoorsy people of California. I'm not really outdoorsy. I'm more indoorsy. Where's my indoorsy people at? Come on, I see you. My wife's more into glamping than camping. People always say the outdoors is so great. I'm like, then why are all the bugs trying to get inside of my house? So great out there. I don't like bugs. 
I'm not a big bug guy. Uh, there was a girl here first service that had like a lizard the size of her body. I was like, God bless you. That is not for me. I, uh, I'm not into, I'm not into ant reptiles, bugs. I don't like spiders. Can we agree on that? Spiders, they come from hell. Spiders in my yard. I don't like spiders. If there's a spider in my bathroom, I'll stop using that bathroom. I'll deal with it, but I'm like, he might have friends still here. Um, but I don't like bugs. I, I never realized how big a difference something small can make until I was in Africa a few years ago when I forgot to check my mosquito net on my bed. I had no idea there was actually a mosquito that slept with me that night. I didn't realize until I woke up in the morning, I thought I got the chicken pox. This thing had a buffet on my body. This thing was eating me alive. I got, this was the most obese mosquito you have ever seen. I, I squatted him in the morning. I'm like, what in the world happened to me? You ever woke up in the middle of the night just angry because you knew you were getting eaten alive? I found that dude in the middle of the night, squashed him, squished him, squished him, wash, wash. I don't know. I, uh, I was thinking about this, though, how a little mosquito made a big difference on my week in Africa. Just a little mosquito. You ever had a small pebble in your shoes during a hike? Isn't it crazy the moment it comes in like, no, stop everything. I'm not taking one more step until I get this annoying little pebble out of my shoes. It kind of reminds me when you're eating something and you notice a hair in your mouth. Yeah. How in the world a little tiny hair, it's like your tongue is like, oh, no. There is a hair in your mouth, code red, code red, code red. Get it out. You're, you have this, this sensor, the sensor in your mouth that's like, you can detect the smallest little thing in your mouth. I was thinking about even bland foods. You put a little Cholula on that thing. Come on, the church said amen. You can have something that doesn't even taste very good. You put just a little bit of hot sauce, you're like, now we're talking. It doesn't take a lot of something to make a big difference. Say it again. It doesn't take a lot of something to make a big difference. The story of Acts 9 is about a disciple who wasn't famous, he wasn't popular. To be honest with you, he only made two cameos in all of the scriptures. And I love the fact that the greatest apostle, maybe in the history of the church, did not come to faith through the ministry of Peter, the guy that chopped ears off, the guy that actually had shadow that healed people, the guy that was walking with Jesus for three and a half years, the guy that led Billy Graham to the Lord wasn't a famous preacher, the guy that led Peter to the Lord wasn't a famous apostle, it was Andrew that led Peter to the Lord. Andrew doesn't do anything in the Bible except bring his brother to Jesus. I am convinced that behind every hero is an unknown hero. Behind every hero in the Bible, there is an unknown hero. And I love this story because it's about a guy who would change the world that was changed by an ordinary disciple. My conviction is, is that you don't have to be a famous megachurch pastor to do something great for God. You don't have to be some eagle-eyed prophet like Mike Maiden or Sean Bowles to do something great for God. The same power that changed the early leaders of the church flowed through an ordinary disciple named Ananias. We read about it. The story said one day Ananias was praying, and in a vision, God appeared to him. He said, I need you to go to the street called Straight because there is a crooked, there is a crooked Pharisee that I'm going to straighten out today. Don't tell me God, God doesn't have a sense of humor. God straightened out Saul on the street called Straight. Can I get an amen? He says, hey. I'm going to straighten this guy out. 
I need you to go. And I'm grateful that the very moment that he gave Ananias, a ordinary disciple, a vision, he gave this, this terrorist, Saul, a vision at the same moment. God had some faith in Ananias. How do you know? Because the very moment that God spoke to Ananias, he gave a vision to Saul saying, there's a guy named Ananias. He's going to come lay hands on you, and you're going to get your sight back. I wonder if Ananias would have said no. How far would God have to have reached to find another Ananias? What if, what if Saul was like, you don't look like the guy that I saw in my vision? His name was supposed to be Ananias. Who are you? I'm grateful that God had so much faith in an ordinary disciple that he actually told Saul what the guy's name was going to be that changes his life. Today, I want to talk to you about difference makers. Ananias is one of the greatest unsung heroes in the New Testament. Without Ananias' obedience to God, there would be no book of Romans. There would be no book of Ephesians. There would be no book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. Without, without Ananias' yes, there is no literature from St. Paul. We don't have justification by faith. We don't have rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, without Ananias' yes, there would be no Apostle Paul. And God told me there is some people right now, some major figure, figureheads, talking heads in the world that are contrary to Jesus, contrary to the kingdom of God, contrary to the kingdom of light, that God is getting ready to radically turn right side up. And he's not going to use famous preachers to change him. He's going to use ordinary disciples. I believe it today. He's going to use people that don't work at churches. He's going to use people that work in the marketplaces. I believe the day that God is getting ready to raise up a body, a church, a kingdom of leaders in the business world that stand for God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. You don't have to have a pastor in front of your name to do something great for God. You don't have to be a pastor to pastor somebody. You don't have to be an evangelist to evangelize. You don't have to be a prophet to be prophetic. You don't have to be a teacher to teach somebody. Can I get an amen? Ananias teaches us how to make a difference in the world. How do you make a difference, Ananias? I believe the first thing he would tell you if he was here today is Ananias would say, true disciples make a difference when, number one, they live connected to God. How do you know he was connected to God? Because he had a vision. I want to let you know that people that get visions are people that are praying. How do you know Acts chapter 10, Cornelius had a vision of a guy named Peter at Simon the Tanner's house while he was praying. While he was fasting, Peter was on a rooftop. He got a vision of a guy named Cornelius and a couple guys that were going to come to him and bring him somewhere. He was praying. He was fasting. Listen to me. People that get visions are people that are connected to God. Some of you don't have any vision for your life right now. The Bible says that without vision, people perish. Right now, even in America, if we don't have a vision for our nation, people perish. We need leaders that have a vision. We need, we need uh, bosses that have a vision. We need CEOs that have a vision. We need school teachers that have a vision. Vision is, uh, the, vision is the driving force of anything great that God does in the world. Before Moses went to Egypt, he gave him a vision. Are you hearing me? Before Noah built an ark, he had a vision. I'm telling you that before we build for God, gives us a, God gives us a vision from God. How do you get visions, Mark? I believe vision comes when you're connected to God. That's why you will never outgrow reading your Bible. 
Well, I've read the Bible. Well, guess what, Jethro? You can read it more than once. Well, I know what the Bible says. Well, here's the deal about the Bible. Even though the words on the pages don't change, the way that it applies to your life does. When life is going good, the verses about prosperity stand out to you. But when life is challenging, the verses on storms stand out to you. When you're going through stressful moments, the verses on overcoming anxiety stand out to you. I have found that the Bible has a way of speaking to the season that you're in. That's why we keep reading it regardless of the season. I was talking to one of our college students this week. He said, you know, Mark, when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, I used to have visions from God. He said, I haven't had a vision in like forever, like over 10 years. He said, this week when I got right with God, the first night at Oceans College, shout out to Oceans College students. Love you guys. Come on, Dej. I'm telling you, the first, the first night of our Oceans College, he came to me that, that night and he said, Mark, the next morning he, he came to me and he said, Mark, when I was a kid, I used to get visions from God. I felt so close to him. I haven't had one of those in like 10 years. He goes, in the last 24 hours, I've gotten two visions. What are you saying, Mark? I'm saying that when God is connected with, visions and dreams start to flow. You know one of the promises was in Acts? It says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men will have visions. How do you know if you're old or you're young? Well, it depends if you're dreaming or if you have visions. Get that later. I believe that if we're going to be difference makers, number one, we got to catch this in our hearts. I have to live every day connected to God. You know it's really hard? To live like Christ without Christ. It's probably the biggest mistake Christians make is trying to be godly without God. I want to remind you that Christian without Christ is Ian. And you will live like Ian without Christ. Can I get an amen? You'll catch that later. I'm, I want to tell you today that not only do difference makers like Ananias, he would tell us if he was here today that you will never make a difference until you're connected to God. Say with me, amen. amen. Connected to God gives you visions. He would go beyond that, though. He'd say, you get a vision from God if you're connected to him, but you'll be directed by God, number two, if you're surrendered to him. See, you can believe in God and get visions, but you'll never change the earth until you're actually willing to surrender to his direction. Let me ask you a very honest question. When was the last time you disagreed and didn't want to do what God asked you to do? When was the last time God told you to turn left and you didn't want to, but you did it anyways? I would say almost every time I'm in a church service somewhere else, God will speak to me about giving or something, and I'll be like, that's the devil. But I've learned this, that Satan doesn't want me to be generous to the kingdom of God. That's usually Jesus that wants me to do that. I have found that usually there's moments in life that you're like, I don't want to share my faith. I don't want to tell someone about Jesus right now. I want to have a normal day. I've told the story before, but it begs telling again. I remember Sean and I were just newlyweds. She sent me on a late night mission to uh, Chevron. I couldn't tell you what I was buying. Who knows? My wife. I'm at Chevron. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning, 1230 at night. I walk in. I got like two little supplies. I'm at the, re the cash register, and I happen to get the greatest atheist in the state of Idaho. And I was like, hey, man, God bless you. He's like, God's not real. He doesn't exist. I don't believe in God. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> Just trying to get some groceries. <laughs> so I'm like irritated. I start walking to my car. I'm like, I can hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I get all the way to, it's winter time. I get all, it's Idaho, okay? It's Idaho and it's the winter time. That means you want to get out of your car? Never. 
I get back in my car, I turn my heater on, the seat warmers start to come back on, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, Mark, what if you were the last person to tell him about me? He was getting ready to be deployed, actually. Forgot that part of the story last service. And so I'm like, ah. So I, I literally, I was so irritated that, this, that God loved this guy so much. I walked in those automatic doors like a Western movie. pulled the preacher finger out of my gun holster and I was just so I was like honestly it was like loving irritation I was like hey man I just want to go home and go to sleep I got a good looking wife but here I am the God that you said doesn't exist told me when I sat my VW Golf that I might be the last person to share his love with you he told me not only is he real, but he's real enough to send someone that didn't want to come back in this Chevron to tell you about his great love. So irritated. This guy was a slow learner. Took about an hour and a half. I'm not even kidding. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Finally got into the, the sinner's prayer. I'm like, all right, Lord, here we go. And this is the very end of our hour and a half conversation, which was not convenient. Come on, can I get an Amen. Oftentimes, miracles don't come out of comfort. Miracles don't usually happen when people want to be convenient. Oftentimes, God pushes us out of our comfort zone, and that's when he does his magic. And I'm in this, this Chevron at 2 o'clock in the morning. Customers are coming in and out on beer runs. I'm just kind of stopping my conversation in between customers. And by the very end, this is what he says. He goes, maybe God is real if you really didn't want to come back in here tonight. It's crazy sometimes when you say yes to God when you want to say no. It actually reminds who's in charge of your life. I said this before, but I want to say it again. I believe this fundamentally, that your level of surrender will determine your level of being used by God. If you surrender your business to God, he'll bless your business. If you surrender your marriage to God, he'll bless your marriage. If you surrender your finances to God, he'll bless your finances. If you surrender your kids to God, he'll bless. Are you hearing me today? Whatever you want God to bless, you have to yield it to him. It's good preaching, preacher. I don't care if I'm not preaching to your faces. I'm preaching to your hearts right now. I, don't, I, I know this is, this is foreign for some of you, but I'm telling you today, if you want to make a difference in the world, you have to be willing to surrender very honest with you, I didn't want to move from Idaho. I had a beautiful house. Uh, my, my kids had a great school to go to. We, 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 had, we were living in a great neighborhood. Our, my, my, my parents, her parents, Rochelle's parents, everybody was within like an eight-minute drive. All my nieces and nephews were there. And I'll, I, I had this conversation. Is the purpose of life to be close to your family, to have a nice house, have money to go on vacations, have some nice stuff? Live close to your family. Go to a great church. If that's the purpose of life, then we should never move. But it occurred to me that the safest place to live your life is in the middle of God's will. It's not Idaho. It's not Texas or Tennessee. The safest place to live your life is in the middle of God's will. But I would tell you that God's will isn't always safe. Sometimes it's dangerous. What do you mean dangerous? I mean that David would tell you that charging a nine-foot giant was in the middle of God's will, and that was the most dangerous, simultaneously the safest place to be on the earth that day. God isn't always safe, but his will is where you want to be. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you disagreed with God? And you said, I don't want to go to church today. But you know what, God? Not my will, your will. 
I don't want to get involved in a small group. Not my will, your will. You know what? Honestly, God, I'm kind of tired on Wednesday nights. I don't want to drive my junior high student to the church. Not my will, your will. It's crazy that we'll sacrifice for sports, but we won't sacrifice for God. You give up your Saturday morning to wake up early for soccer, but you won't sacrifice a 30-minute drive to take your kids to and from church on Wednesday night? Do you want your kids to be stellar athletes or stellar Christians? What you sow in is what you will reap in. Yeah, I feel like preaching a little bit today. I want to live, Ananias would say, I made a difference because I was connected to God. He gave me visions. I was directed by God. I was surrendered. I don't know who you are today, but I, I think that just a, 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 a simple reminder, Ananias would say, God sent me to the street called Straight. It was dangerous. It was scary, but I was surrendered, so I went anyways. Some of you, staying in California is dangerous, but God's asked you to surrender to him. God's saying, if, if every good person in California moves out, where will the righteous move of God come from? The foundations are destroyed. What can the righteous do? You and I are the salt. We are the pillar. We are the ground of truth of this state. The Bible says that the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. And if the church moves out of California, then guess what? Hell wins. But when the church invades the kingdom of darkness, God begins to raise up a standard. If you believe that, give him a hand clap and a shout. Difference makers are connected to God and they get vision. They're actually directed by God and they get because they're surrendered. Thirdly, Ananias would say that that real difference makers, they actually are living for God. Let me say it a different way because that sounds too generic. How about living for forever? God is eternal. You know the biggest problem with the world is today? Is we're trying to fix temporary problems by living lives that are only prioritizing the temporary. Those that aim at heaven are the ones that impact earth. C.S. Lewis said, aim at heaven and get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and miss both. Many people, the problem is, is you're aiming for retirement. You're aiming for your 401k. You want to retire at 60 and golf the rest of your life. I want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that the goal of life is not retirement. The goal of life is to populate heaven. That is the goal of life. You are only, only allowed, there's only two things in heaven that you can't do on earth. Is you can't tell someone about Jesus that doesn't already know him. And you can't sin. Which one of those two reasons do you think you're sucking oxygen for? I think we're alive not to keep sinning. By, by the way, the key word of sin is the middle letter, I. When you live for I, you will perpetually screw your life up. That's why everything in the Bible is about loving others, helping others, building up others, love one another, edify one another, bless one another, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Life isn't about you, it's about others. Difference makers realize that I'm not just living for the here and now, I'm living for forever. How do you know Ananias had an eternal perspective? Because I'll be very honest with you, friends. Going to Judas's house that day on the street called Straight was a one-way ticket. He wasn't thinking round trip when he went. He goes, God, this terrorist, he's already killed Stephen. This terrorist has already consented of other murders. I know people that have been arrested and beaten by this guy. If he changes his mind, he's going to kill me too. But God, I'm not living for the here and now. I have an eternal reward I'm going after. 
I will have a one-way obedience. Where is the one-way obedience, Christians? I have a problem with some of your Christianity today. Because some of you say, well, if America gets, if it gets to the mark of the beast, I'll die for my faith. You're telling me that you would die for your faith, but you won't even come to church on Sundays? You're willing to die for your faith, but you won't be involved in a small group? You won't send your kids to camp? I I would lay down my life for my faith, but you won't tie 10% of your income? You are disillusioned. I'd rather smack you with truth than kiss you with lies today. Come on. I want to remind you, if you want to be bold at the end, we got to go all in. Oh, that's a lot of truth. That was too, that was too much truth for Orange County today. I'm sorry. That was too much truth for Orange County today. Ananias would say this. We have to live for eternity, not just the here and now. I told my friend this week, I said, imagine if Elon Musk came to you. You were 10 years old. And he said, I want you to play in a soccer game. And how you play the two-hour soccer game will determine how I reward you the rest of your life. If you play good, I'll buy you a house. I'll put millions of dollars in your checking account. I'll take care of your wedding, your home, your tuition, your kids. I will, I will reward you ridiculously depending on how you steward this game. How many would say that's the most, two hour, most important two hours of your life? How many would say that during that two hours you wouldn't be worried about anything except giving it your all? That two hours, what are you going to do? I'm going to give it everything that I got. I'm going to run until I throw up. I'm going to keep running through cramps. I will not let anything stop me from giving. This is going to affect 70 years of my life. That's a, that's a terrible analogy, but it is true. that This 70, 80, 90 years is going to impact how you spend all of eternity. One scholar said that what you believe determines where you spend eternity, but how you live your life determines how you spend eternity. We're not going to a socialistic eternity. It's not some communistic eternity. It's not everyone's going to have the same house. Everyone's going to have the same jobs. It's not the Truman Show. Can I get an amen? The Bible says that we are given crowns, that God will reward us. You read the story of the minas, and it says that he who was faithful with 10 minas was given 10 cities. Heaven's not harps and naked angels and diapers. That's hell. Can I get an amen? Heaven is an extension of this life. You will have work that won't feel like work. You'll have vocations that you'll actually, you'll actually create with God forever. I want you to think about how big forever is and remind your temporary pain, your temporary problems, That's what the problem with most American Christians. You have something bad happen to you, and you judge the goodness of God by the first two minutes of life. Your 90 years in the span of eternity is zero. You live for a thousand years into eternity, it's zero. You divide a million years into eternity, it's zero. You divide 10 trillion years into eternity, it's zero. You know how long eternity is? Imagine if the earth was a big metal planet and you walked it down if you could live long enough to, to to make the earth walk down to nothing that still would be the beginning of eternity eternity is enough time to memorize every book that's ever been written e- listen to me eternity is if every year represented uh, if every grain of sand represented a hundred years every grain of sand in golf courses volleyball courts and beaches would still be the beginning of eternity Why are you trying to freak us out? Because I'm trying to remind you that we're not playing for here. 
We're living for eternity. Eternity. And the greatest way to live for God is to live for forever. Can't fix a broken world living for a temporary world. We fix broken worlds by living for eternal kingdoms. Fourthly, are you with me still? Ananias would tell us that I was, I was living for God because I was living for forever. I was directed by God because I was surrendered. I was connected to God and I had visions. But he would say this, I live fourthly full of God. How do you know? Because God is love. And when he walked into a terrorist room, he said, Brother Saul, you don't call killers, murderers, brothers, unless the love of God is in your heart. Some of you, you know what God wants to do today? He wants to give you a love for people that no one else loves. I'm not saying we still don't stand for truth. I'm just saying we, our job is to be the lovers of society. Our job as Christians is to love the unlovely. One of the greatest characteristics of Barnabas is he loved people. He loved, he was the first one to welcome Saul the terrorist into the disciples' inner circle. He was the one that didn't want to give up on John Mark when he became kind of a wimp. Barnabas loved people well. Where are the disciples that love people well? Here's the problem. We're so, we're so geared towards justice that we forget mercy. And I want you to know today that relationships don't thrive because the guilty are punished, but because the innocent are merciful. Relationships, I'll say it for the back. They don't thrive because the guilty are punished, but because the innocent are merciful. Do you believe in justice? Yes, but I also believe in mercy. You know why? Because the Bible says, to the merciful, God shows himself merciful. Judge not, lest you be judged. For with the same judgment you use on your mom and dad, you use on your brother and your sister, you use on that political leader, with the same judgment you use, it will be judged back to you. I don't know about you, but I want to be sweet with my words because I know at some point I'm going to eat those things. You still with me today? Who give me two more minutes? Two, four, six, eight. That's all I think. Ten minutes. I believe that we want to live, we're going to be difference makers like Ananias. He says, Brother Saul, how do you know if you're full of God? I believe people that are full of God, hear me clearly today. When you're living full of God, you become the answer to somebody else's prayer. You know how I want to live my life? I want to be the answer to someone else's prayer. One of my favorite things I hear is, Mark, I've been praying for my dad for years. He's never even liked church. He said he doesn't even identify with Jesus. And it wasn't until he came to Ocean's Church that his heart became softened. All the years of praying, and it wasn't until he came to this church that he surrendered his, surrendered his life to Jesus. Mark, your church was an answer to our family's prayers. You know what my belief is? Is if I'll be the answer to some of your family's prayers, maybe God will send people to Idaho to be an answer to some of my family's prayers. Someone was praying for Saul. And you know what Ananias was? Ananias was an answer to somebody else's prayer. Can I ask you, will we, be, will we give God permission to remove the selfish idols in our lives and say, God, make me the answer to someone else's prayers? If you believe that, say amen. Last thing I want you to write down, we'll finish this up. You guys have been amazing today. Thank you for being so patient. I know it's hot. Fifthly, is I believe that Ananias would tell us that our job is not only to be full of God, to live for God, be directed by God, and to be connected to Him. I believe that the heart of God for disciples is to actually 
have the sight and the Spirit of God. Have the sight and the Spirit of God. If God would have told me to go to Corona and to lay hands on Osama bin Laden, he's blind, I would have asked him, how blind is he? I'd be a little nervous. Can I get an amen? How blind? Could he like, could he like identify me to the sketch artist? or? Uh... But you know what he did? Because Ananias saw, he could offer vision to someone that couldn't. Because Ananias was full of the Spirit of God, he had something to give somebody when he laid hands on him. Problem with the American church today is we have dead men preaching dead messages to dead people. And we got to have people that are full of the Spirit of God once again. It is full people that fill people. If you believe that, give them a good hand clap. God help us. God help us. God help us to be sight to the blind. God give us the Spirit of God to those that are empty. Disciples live to help the world see and to fill the earth with God's Holy Spirit. Let me say it for the back. What are true disciples? Disciples live to help the world see Jesus and to fill the world with God's Holy Spirit. Fill people, fill people. It says immediately his scales were removed, he was baptized. You know, Paul said, he said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened in order that you might know the hope which you were called with the riches of the glorious inheritance in his holy people. I'm telling you that even the smallest people can make a big difference. Remember, just spend a night with a mosquito to remember that. I believe the day that God wants to use some of you like holy mosquitoes. That we're going to start we're going to start biting all over this county. We're going to start feasting, come on, on the promises of God, and we're going to make a difference once again. God can raise up the righteous in California. I appreciate the golf clap. Today, as we finish this up today, I don't know who you are, where you are. I just, I have a very deep conviction today that God is going to raise up some Ananiases. Ananias' shadow didn't heal people. Ananias wasn't like Paul that his, his shadow healed people. He was an ordinary, non-staff church member that probably worked in the marketplace, probably was a businessman, had a normal life, but he had a serious faith. I want to pray this morning. That if you're far from God like Saul, that today would be the day that God would open your eyes and fill you with His Spirit. And I want to pray today that if you feel like Ananias, Mark, I'm not a famous pastor. I'm not a famous prophet. I'm not some great apostle. I'm just an ordinary blank. I'm just a lawyer. I'm just a doctor. I'm just an attorney. I'm just a school teacher. I'm just a mailman. I'm just a, a, a city worker. What could God do with me? My response to you is, if God could use Ananias to change the greatest leader of the church history, God could use you. Remember this, behind every hero is someone unknown. Some of you will become heroes and some of you will be those that raise up heroes. Ocean's Church, I have a suspicion, is going to be the soil that some of the greatest trees, oaks of righteousness, come out of. We will have governors, we will have mayors, we will have doctors, lawyers, inventors, CEOs, developers that will come out of the soil of this house. And I pray today as you stand to your feet, come on, that God would raise up some difference makers. Who wants to make a difference in the world? Anybody? You know, it's interesting. I was talking to my 13-year-old daughter this week. We were talking about the difference between fame and influence. See, you can, you can be famous and not be influential. But you can be influential and never be famous. I told my daughter, choose influence any day 
over fame. Fame is like glitter that's not true gold. Can I get an amen? But influence is when you say, God, would you use me to be the answer to somebody else's prayer? I want to pray right now that God would begin to raise up. Come on, if you, please don't leave unless you have to leave. This is a powerful moment here. God, I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would raise up the righteous. Raise up the Ananias is out of Ocean's Church. God, change the hearts of Saul's. Change the hearts. Turn, turn allies out of enemies. Turn allies out of enemies. God, raise up the righteous in California in Jesus' name. Would you sing this song with me, with me as we get ready to close? Sing it one time. Sing it one time. Come on, he's coming. He's coming. Change the state. light for God in this county? Anybody want to be God's light in California? Come on, where, are, where is the light? Where is the salt at in Orange County? Father, we want to make a difference for you. All my difference makers, go ahead and lift your hands today. God, I pray whether we're raising kids at home full time, teaching our kids at home, working full time. God, if we're serving in the military, if we're in the business world, I pray that whatever we're doing with our vocation, we ask you today in Jesus' name that like Ananias, we would become difference makers. Say this prayer. Say, God, I want to be connected to you. I want to be directed by you. I want to live for you. I want to be full of you. And I want to see and experience your, your Holy Spirit in me. I want to do this as we get ready to close. If you're here today, and you feel like I'm not living my life connected to God. Maybe you've never had faith, or maybe at some point in your life you've gotten off track, and today you wanna to rededicate your life and reconnect your spirit with God's spirit. You say, Mark, I wanna start living with Jesus, and I wanna start living for Jesus. If Ananias can know God, if, if God can turn the heart of Saul, God can turn my heart. If you wanna recommit your life to Jesus today, 
or for the first time connect with God, I'm asking that on the count of three, eyes closed, heads bowed, to raise your hand. If you're watching online, I would love it if you would write heart, H-E-A-R-T. Last Sunday, we had eight people give their lives to Jesus online. If you're watching online right now, this is a moment to get right with God. All over these tents, on the count of three, would you raise your hands? Lord, I pray for everyone that needs to respond. Give them the courage to not miss this moment. Even as, I love what Dan said in his video. He said, the Holy Spirit gave me courage to stand up. Give them courage right now to stand in this moment. Would you raise your hand? I'll give you three seconds. Lord, I pray that today, one, everyone that needs to get right with you, two, reconnect with you, would make up their minds right here, right now. Go ahead and raise your hands all over these tents. Many hands going up. Three, thank you, thank you. Keep it up real high. Three, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I see two, three, four, real high. Five, real high. Six, seven, real high. Eight, real high. Nine, ten, anybody else? Ten hands, awesome. Ten hands, so good. Oceans, let's pray for those ten people today. Hey, do we ever get tired of this? This is the greatest thing we do is introduce people back to who Jesus is. Oceans, pray this prayer with those 10 in the tents. More online right now, just write heart right now. Pray this prayer with me, say, Jesus, I offer you my heart today. Would you fill my life with your Holy Spirit? Would you heal me where I'm hurting? And would you direct my life from this day forward? Jesus, say it like you mean it, Jesus, be the Lord, Savior, and CEO of my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, give him a five-second hand clap for that. Come on, that's awesome. Awesome. Last two things we're going to do today. If you're here, I just feel a conviction today that God wants to show you His power. It says scales fell off of His eyes, and He was filled with the Holy Spirit. I feel like some of you today, there's some stuff that God wants to shake off of you. Some of you, it's fear. Some of you, it's doubt. Some of you, it's sickness. I see sickness falling off of people today. I see the Spirit of God healing people today. Some of you are addicts. And even like Dan, maybe you've been struggling with marijuana. Maybe you've been struggling with cocaine, meth, opioids, alcohol. I believe today's the day of salvation. And today's the day of freedom. If you believe that, say amen. If you, if you have a pressing prayer item, you're like, God, I need a miracle. God, I'm believing for a healing. I'm believing for babies. I'm believing, God, for, for breakthrough in my family. If you, need, if you have a prayer request that you want to lift up to God that's serious today, you need a miracle in your family, in your life, would you just lift your hand? I'm praying that this would be a miracle Sunday. I am praying this would be, anybody believe that God still does miracles in Orange County? I'd say there's at least 600 people in here. Maybe seven, 800? Yeah. Some of you believe that God still does miracles. If you put your hand up real, real high, I'd ask you guys with guys, girls with girls, if someone's hands next to you, would you just put your hand on their shoulder? Guys with guys, girls with girls. We're going to pray this is a miracle Sunday. Come on, make sure everyone has a hand on them. Oceans, put your hand on them right now. Would you pray this prayer over them today? Declare this over them. Say, in Jesus' name, we don't beg. We believe that this is a miracle Sunday. We ask you to do the impossible. We ask you to do signs, wonders, and miracles now. Would you heal? Would you liberate? Would you free someone up? Give them hope 
Give them a future in Jesus' name. Could you do this real quick on their shoulder? Just kind of shake like this. We shake off discouragement. Say it over. We shake off discouragement. We break every curse, every hex, every vex. We declare the blessing of God. We pray the blood of Jesus over every believer in this room. Let miracles flow now in the name of Jesus. Last thing, say, Holy Spirit, fill them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Oh, I feel His presence today. Say, Holy Spirit, fill them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Watch right now. You just fill them up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill them up, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. Yeah, heal them. Someone with cancer being healed. Someone with lymphoma being healed. Someone with cataracts being healed. Someone with spinal issues being healed. Someone with severe indigestion being healed. Tumors, ulcers, yeah, healed right now. Issues with the uterus being healed right now. Yeah, reproductive organs being healed right now. God, do what only you can do now in Jesus' name. And if you believe he's doing the impossible, come on, give him a five-second crazy praise. Come on, you can do better. Hey! last thing I want to do today you say Mark I'm in California for a reason make me salt make me light if that's you would you lift your hands today I've been praying that God would bring some brave people to California I've been praying that God would keep the brave people in Orange County and that God would use Ocean's Church to be a epicenter of the brave mighty men and the mighty, mighty women of God like David's mighty men you might have come in broken busted and broke but God is going to fill you up. He's going to heal you. He's going to bless you. And he's going to use you to, be, to make a difference in Orange County and beyond. I pray for every brave man, brave woman, that God, you would fill them full of your spirit today. I ask you for visions. Say it with me, visions. Say, let's pray this prayer. Say, Lord, give me visions and dreams. Say, Lord, I surrender more to you. Say, Lord, give me an eternal perspective. Come on, say, Lord, fill me with your love. Fill me with your spirit. And Lord, today, would you use my life to give eyes to the blind, to be legs to the lame, and to be a voice to the world. Fill me with your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe he's going to do it, come on, say amen. Give him a hand clap and a shout. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.